So I'm gonna start off today by doing something that I have a unique opportunity to do, is I want to offer, particularly to some of the guys here, some dating advice. Now you may think it's ironic, you're a priest, Father, you, you, you don't have a girlfriend. Well, the truth is, before I entered the seminary, I had a number of girlfriends. In fact, I was usually more successful than my much better looking friends in getting dates because of my secret. I had one friend, we'd go out, much better looking, much cooler than I was. Not that I was some sort of a reprobate or pariah, I had enough dates. <laughs> but I had one secret. And this is something I wish all of you guys would learn, because as I've been saying in this retreat, y'all are like seventh graders sitting in the back when you should be sitting here with all the girls. It's like you're on the wall. <laughs> y'all are number five to one. You should walk away here with the girl's phone number that you want to go take and be on a date with. But here's the secret. The secret to getting girls to go out with you, way to their heart, fellas, is you've got to learn and be willing to dance. Oh, look at that. There we go. Can I get an amen? Amen. That's the reason I go out with my friends. I don't know how to dance. I got no rhythm. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'd go out there anyhow and do it. And my friends would be sitting on the wall like, why, why don't you get the girls? Because I'm willing to dance. All right, all right fellas, best thing you can do for your dating life is to take ballroom dancing next semester. <laughs> I, I was over in Guatemala for a wedding and there were these Hispanic dudes dancing at the after party. And I mean, literally, the American girls were melting. <laughs> they were melting. Because these guys were such good dancers. Now, why do I bring this up? Not only because I think some of y'all need some help. <laughs> but because it has a lot to do with what we hear about in today's gospel and what we as Christians and Catholics call to do and particularly y'all, when you are leaving here from this retreat. And Jesus, what does he do? He goes away in the gospel today, if you're paying attention, to pray, to sort of refresh himself. But then the crowds start coming. And Jesus says, I've got to leave and I've got to go and preach. I've got to go bring the good news to people. I need to leave my little retreat, my comfort zone, in order for me to bring the good news to the people who need to hear it. And so, leaving from here, we need to be willing to take what we've learned, take that deeper conversion apart, whatever graces we receive, and to be able to go out and bring it to others. If you do not use it, you will lose it. Our faith grows, as sort of this is the paradox, as we give it away. We share it with others, not forcing it down their throats, not judging them, not beating them down, but sharing the good news that we've received. And so how does that tie into dancing? Because I was reflecting on it, talking to those girls who were so mesmerized by those Guatemalan guys dancing on the floor. They said it was so amazing because they led so well. They just lead, the woman loved to be led in the dancing. The second thing that I realized wasn't just that these guys were willing to lead, but they were willing to be vulnerable. They were willing to look like fools, 
to be ridiculed. That's why the guys don't like to dance because they're too cool. I don't want people, I don't know how to move my feet. doesn't matter. But if you're out there and you're willing to take that risk, if you're willing to look like a fool possibly, the girl's not going to care. You're at least there. There's the two things that make a guy a great dancer. He's willing to lead and he's willing to be vulnerable. He's willing to look like a fool. Even though generally guys don't look like a fool. They generally don't. You look like a fool if you don't dance and there are all these girls on the dance floor and you're sitting around drinking your rum and coke and not paying attention. That's when you look like a fool. Willingness to lead, willingness to look like a fool. That's the same thing we need to proclaim the gospel. Because everybody's here. We love Jesus. We love the Eucharist. We would be confession. When you leave there, you are called, if you're going to evangelize, to be a leader, to take the initiative. We know, you hear it all the time, you're the Greek, you're the leaders on campus, you're an SGA, you run everything. I know that's true. Completely know that's true. And so you're called to do the same thing with your faith. Whether it be going to the quad if you want and barehanding and talking to people about Jesus, whether it be leading a Bible study, whether it be through your example and loving others, whether it be coming and getting involved in wisdom, bringing others to Mass, I don't care what it is. You're called to be a leader. But in doing so, you're going to have to make yourself vulnerable. The people are going to make fun of you. They're going to look down on you. You might lose some friends. You may act like a fool, but you get you know what? You've got to not care. You've got to not care. If indeed you want to live the gospel and find success in doing so. Because I'm going to speak a very real truth to y'all. I love doing the Greek retreat. So much energy, so much potential. So many conversions. Even though after the retreat's over, I have a confession hangover. <laughs> Brains fried. It's good though. But we don't normally look at retreats and what we might call the amount of fruit produced. When you leave a retreat, you know you've all had it. You got your little mountain high. You love Jesus, and you leave. You're back in the workaday world. You're back at school. You're back with all the temptations. It's very easy for that conversion to last a week, to last two weeks, to last a month. I remember when I was in college and sort of the height of my craziness, I wanted this big retreat. And I had a really big conversion. There was a guy on the retreat with me. We became really, really good friends. And we said, we're going to turn our life around. We're going to love Jesus. And so we even went to the meeting afterwards, sort of like the weekly checkup meetings. And after the meeting was over, sort of at 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock, we said, man, what's going on? What are you doing? Let's go, let's go drink some Long Island iced tea and nightcaps. All right. Our conversion lasted a week. I know what it is. But the attrition rate for the Greeks is even higher. We're here spreading seeds. And I know that I've seen some of those plants grow up. But the way life is in the Greek system and what you are going to encounter. Not only some of you might have rocky soil, but the scripture says there are going to be a lot of thorns. They're going to choke it off. Much higher rate than, let's say, encounter another retreat. To the point where somebody say, follow you, just throwing seeds. But next week, they're going to go to some party. They're going to, you know, octo-funnel you know, a keg of beer. And they're going to do some other horrible things. I know that's what it's like. And I'm still going to spread the seeds. But i got to make the warning y'all. If you're the leader, you have a much greater responsibility. It's going to be a much higher risk of looking like a fool, of being vulnerable. 
But just because there's a lot of partying, a lot of sin, a lot of secularism in the Greek system, you're not going to be able to use that excuse when you encounter the Lord. Oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. There was a keg there. I couldn't resist. <laughs> I think that's funny. Is that Roberto? I'm going I'm to bring Roberto with me. He thinks my jokes are funny. Oh, that boy was just so cute. No, it's not going to work. You are going to go into a much more difficult situation than other people were. will. The Lord provides the grace for you to be able to do it. And so that brings me to the last point. Fine. Yeah, Father, I know i got to be willing to lead. I know I need to be willing to look a fool. And I know it's hard, particularly with the fraternities, particularly with you guys. Girls too, but really with the guys. The kind of silliness that goes on. Acting like you're 15 years old and said you're supposed to be trained to be like a man. It's a whole different discussion. I didn't get it in the man talks yesterday, but I know how it is. How do we do it? How do we avoid that so that the seed can grow to a tree? That we can be rooted in our faith? I know a lot of you have heard me say this before. What is, from my experience, I've been doing this for about eight years now, that's why my hair is gray. What's the key for making that, that faith continue through college? For making it grow, for making it flourish, that you will not allow your faith and the gifts that you've been given to be choked off by sin and debauchery and silliness? It's one thing. Oh, it's going to mass every day. No. It's going to pray. No, it's not. The number one thing, I know a number of you have heard me say this, is something that you as Greeks have all the time that a lot of other people on college campuses simply don't have. And that's a core group of friends who share the same values. Now granted, a lot of you probably have a core group of friends who do not share the same values. You go back and you start hanging out with them all the time and you can forget it. Seeds going to die. I'm not saying you reject them. I'm not saying you judge them. But the people whose faith grows, transforms, flourishes, are those individuals who have friends, maybe one friend, maybe two friends, so who are going to hold them accountable. They can have a small group with, a Bible study. They can pray with. They can be vulnerable with. They can share their experiences with. That is the key, not only through college, but through life. Because if you try to do it by yourself, you're going to sink. You're going to sink. And so use that gift that you have as Greeks that a lot of people don't. I talk to a lot of students in college who are so lonely. They don't have any friends. They don't fit in. But y'all got plenty of friends. Guys and girls that you bond with, and that bond hopefully is going to last a lot longer. The bonds will last if they're bonds based in virtue, based in Jesus. And so that's my challenge for all of you today. Guys, let's get into ballroom dancing. Let's start being vulnerable so we can get some dates and help to bring the Catholics into the world. Very, very important thing. <laughs> that's the first lesson. Number two, we've got to proclaim the gospel. You do not use it, you will lose it. Be the leaders that I know you are. Draw from that power of the Holy Spirit. Be willing to look like a fool. Be willing to be vulnerable and go proclaim the gospel in your chapters, in the fraternity and sorority houses, on campus, with your family and friends. Get excited about it. 
And then third and finally, of course we want to pray, but most importantly, give that core group of friends. There's relationships, it could be your fraternity brothers, your sorority sisters, start that Bible study, have that small group discussion, come to Mass together. That is going to be the cement that seals your faith, It helps the plant grow, that's not choked off, so that you can produce great fruit that lasts not only in your lifetime, but for generations to come. Amen.